welcome to get off zero um if you can jump on to getoffzeropod.com uh i've got a bunch of new links actually and i've i've rebuilt the website this morning um so there's my spotify links the and more importantly the uh podcast 2.0 links that you can jump onto and uh, like all all the stuff associated with that fountain app obviously and um yeah, all, all the uh the the tags that go along with Amber as well. So if you want free uh BTC to sign up to, to Amber, you can do it with the get off zero tag. And um I think it's like 10 bucks when you sign up, so it's it's pretty cool. Um so I've got a very, very special guest today. I think probably the only other Melbourne-based Bitcoin podcaster. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, anyway, you might you might know someone else, uh, Jake, that's doing doing some some other Bitcoin podcasts. But uh, as far as I'm aware, it's just you and me, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and we've done a podcast before, but I think this one's going to be a little bit different. Um, did you want to give a bit of a background to yourself, Jake, and yeah, sure. what you've been working on, and yeah, kind of where you're at? Absolutely. So first of all, Kieran, thank you very much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Second time around. Um, I actually was on a show hosted by a a Bitcoiner called Merrick. And Merrick was very kind. He came and gave me some food whilst my baby was very, very newborn. And um, his online is Honey Badger Dabs. So you may have come across his Twitter profile, but he's based in Melbourne. Oh, nice. I've been on his podcast. So um, I noticed recently he's done a few episodes with people like John Tiernan, who I've also had on the show, oh, who's cool. a central force behind the Australian Beef Initiative. And if you've come across that, that's a pretty cool no. project that's going on. Oh, cool. The decentralization of our food system. So re-empowering um, farmers to grow with regenerative agriculture and producing you know, delicious beef. And I recently oh, yeah. bought some beef directly from john with bitcoin he's got some cattle that he runs on his friend's farm a couple hours outside melbourne so john was recently on on that sounds amazing (laughs) it's really cool and it's it's just one of the subjects that is so compelling about bitcoin um but to answer your question so uh wow where am i at um it's been a big year for me so it's now december um I'm now the father of two babies so i just recently three months ago had a second daughter which is very exciting thank you She's been very, very hard work in comparison to the first. I'm almost a bit kind of bleary-eyed just online with you now. <laughs> no sleep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Bitcoin, where to even start? I I love the Nassim Taleb expression, ask what's in their portfolio, not what they think. And so let me start with that. Um, I have taken all of my investable assets and I've sold them all and went back into pure cash and I've then redeployed initially 50% of that into Bitcoin, um, but now probably looking to have got closer to maybe 70%. Um, no, meaning sorry, that sorry my... to cut you off. That includes real estate, right? From what I've... Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So when I say investable assets, <clears throat> things that I was willing to sell. So um, there is some... I still, I still have an equity position in a family business that's back in the UK. We make beer. We've been making beer for 200 or so years. Um, they're shares that I inherited from my father, and it's just you just don't sell them. That's just not what you do. Right. So that wasn't something that I was ever it's, going to, to start. It's selling. not a done thing. Yeah. Right. No, no, it's very much the opposite of that. So, uh, very traditional and amazing old business actually. Um, but I own some real estate here in Melbourne. I own some real estate in London, and I have sold all of it. Um, the London investment Cross. portfolio was actually sold at a loss. I'd been in that position for eight years and I sold at probably a 50% equity loss. Whoa. 
So it's a, a story of, I took leverage in my mid twenties. I'm now in my mid thirties and the, the market went against me essentially. So it's a very good example as to what can happen when you take debt and things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sat in a position where it's like, whoa, I've learned about this thing called Bitcoin. I have owned some since 2015. It's without any shadow of a doubt, the best way of storing value over time. And all of the the different attributes you can start to research about why Bitcoin's an important thing. The closer you get to it, the more you want to buy some. So what's true of every Bitcoiner, they think they're too late, number one. And number two, they don't have enough. Yep. And I've got that bug, basically. It's like, holy shit, here's an opportunity that has raised its head. I'm very confident about it because of a number of different loopholes of due diligence I've jumped through. Um, why do I own these properties that, you know, they might go up by 10% in a good market per annum? You know, a great, a booming real estate market would be, you know, 10, 15, 20% a year. Mm-hmm. Not a 10 20x potential right i mean they're just magnitude order of magnitude difference in potential capital growth ability so um it was like the most painful thing i've ever done your biggest your biggest lesson as an investor is your losses and in this case i'd made an investment that was um was a bad investment it had gone against me and i'd held it for eight years and on, on the paper loss like at the time i thought i was basically overvaluing these properties and now when i came to selling them i couldn't find a bid literally couldn't find a fucking bid for months and months and months and every wow. month that goes by interest rates are hiking mortgage rates are, are changing the the world's looking closer and closer to recession oops yep we're now officially in recession even though they're giving it another name inflation's rampant at 10 percent. That's, <laughs> that's the initial cpi that's not even what the real rate is right and you're like fuck this is a real problem what am i going to do so yes i have in the last few months, I've finally sold some properties in the UK that were just an emotional piece of baggage that I've really still got to work through. I made a mistake. You know, you make mistakes sometimes and you have to own that up. But the question was, do you continue to live with this mistake or do you ignore the opportunity cost that is taking that equity that you still have and putting it into Bitcoin? Mm. Here in Australia, um, typical problem like growing young family, we're in a property that became too small. And it was like, okay, well, you could carry on owning it, rent it out, rent somewhere different, but then you've still got the headache of owning real estate. And for anyone out there that hasn't ever owned property before, um, as as glamorous or as beautiful as it may sound to own bricks and mortar, and there's no doubt there is something very um, nice about the, 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 how do you say, um, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can walk around it, you can see what your neighbors are, you can see it, but there's lots of problems with it. You know, you have OPEX issues, um, you have regulatory changes. You have all sorts of different things that can pop up. Well, so. and to cut you off again, so, uh, you don't in Australia. You don't actually, you can't actually own land. So it all comes under something called Queensland because we're, we're part of the the crown. Okay. Um, so like I I have a mortgage here. I'm, I'm paying off this house, mm-hmm. but technically it never belongs to me. So the the crown yeah. can roll in and say nope. We need to take this off you and give you nothing for it, and that's because we're not a republic. Like that's 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 the bottom line. So, and if- that's an excellent point, Karen. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's exactly one of the reasons why you look at the asset that is Bitcoin and you look at the asset that is a house, and you start comparing the different characteristics that you like. It's like, well, what is ownership? Yep. And actually, I'd never really asked that question before, and it's just part of what is this Bitcoin rabbit hole. It's incredibly rich and and an interesting experience because owning a piece of paper that a government says you own this square meterage here's your 200 square meters of of land in in melbourne 
but only at the behest of me. And, and frankly, it's one of the reasons I sold. Along comes this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Wasn't that I fun? Mean, anyone that's still calling it a <laughs> pandemic is not looking at the facts. It is a scamdemic. Let's be very clear about that. Um, but I was locked all, in my house. At least we all had a good time, right? Yeah. No, it was horrible, mate. I absolutely... <laughs> I felt so, you know, that's how we first horror. connected, actually. I went to, a, <laughs> my wife and I went to a lot of protests when there was all those ridiculous rules about you can't get more than 5Ks, you can only leave your house for one hour a day, you're not allowed to see your friends and family, you've got to wear a fucking mask. Mm. And so we went to these protests and I had a sign that said, you want freedom, buy Bitcoin. And that's uh, how yeah, that's, we first came across each other. Like, yeah, like, and I, I still stand by that. that. <laughs> yeah. So where am I at? So so let, well, I'll just summarize for you, Kieran. So so basically, yeah. If, if I could jump into that point, though. Sorry, you're talking about your your wife there with that. Like, how has she been with the idea of not having real estate and going all in on BTC? Because that's a big point of contention for a lot of couples. Well, Is she I'm totally not, on board? I'm not all in Bitcoin in that I still have a cash position and I still own some equity in a family business. So mm-hmm. my portfolio is not 100% Bitcoin. Um, would I choose to make it that if I could? Potentially, potentially. Um, but I do think there are places you can have your money uh, for different reasons other than Bitcoin. So you don't have to have 100% Bitcoin. You can have it wherever the fuck you want, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a bit of persuading, I must say. Um, but the reality is when you rent somewhere, you can you know, you know can rent a nicer property than what you're currently able to afford mm-hmm. to buy. And so how I look at it is, okay, our short-term burn rate is going to go up. Because I'm going to have to, you know, spend thousands of dollars a month on rent to home a four, you know, four-person family. But if I spend, like, let's say, four years worth of rent is four hundred thousand dollars, just for sake of argument. Okay. Well, you have a two million dollar house. You sell for two million bucks. You take four hundred grand. You put that in, you know, a Westpac account. And you say, right, this is my rent for the next four years. You take one point five million bucks and you chuck that into Bitcoin. And you keep a hundred grand to spend over the next year. What's going to happen? Well, you've got very good chance of a double, if not, you know, a 10x. Mm-hmm. And that's just too good an opportunity to ignore. So imagine if your 1.5 million goes to 10 million bucks in three years. Exactly. Yep. I mean, yep. and it's not just about that upside potential. It's also then, as you as you mentioned, it's like, well, what is ownership? You know, you might own this house, but suddenly Daniel Andrews is telling me that I can't leave my front door. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on. What do you mean? I own this house. Oh, no, but you don't own the street. We actually had an issue at one point where they put up a COVID testing clinic on our suburban high street road, and there were people queuing outside the front door of our gate trying to get COVID tests, and we had small babies in the in the house. And we had them for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. You know, this is crazy. Yeah, We're not sick. No one here is sick. But if you are going to be sick... Don't stick them on my fucking family's front doorstep. Who's in charge of this? Oh, it's the government. Oh, get in touch with the health department. It was just mind blowing. Yeah, mental illness. Anyway, it's crazy. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So now we, we've got to a, a happy medium, I think. And um, well, just Bitcoin changes you, you know. Um, so yeah, let me wrap up. Like, so 2022, big year, changed a lot of things in my portfolio. Started a Bitcoin podcast. Decided to quit my fiat mining job. And now I talk to people about Bitcoin online and I make a bit of money from it. I'll hopefully make 10 times more money from it within 12 months from now. And yeah, happy days, mate. It's a very exciting time. So cool. So cool. We've got to, we got to try and figure out the splits on this. So like, you know, on podcasting 2.0, I noticed you're like uh, Jake, 
Jake on Bitcoin is on um, 2.0 and you've got Fountain App as well. So we can do splits for the, yeah. the people that donate to the show. So okay. I don't know how to do it, but let's try and figure it out together. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No, I'd like to I've try it. Ah, um, oh, I mean, not to like, not to poo on a, uh, a great bit of hustle because I think there's lots that can be done in the podcasting space, but um, I found my experience with Fountain so far. I I haven't enjoyed it as a user, and so oh, I no, end up sitting really? on Spotify and Apple. So I, I actually I'm not I'm not necessarily using it yet. But, oh man, really? Um, what like what, what I love what conceptually like? the concept of of how yeah I mean the idea that you can like do microtransactions and you can split them at source to you know ten percent to Bitcoin developers and you know 40 percent each for whatever the revenue gained is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i just found it a bit buggy and i haven't been able to boost properly and it just hasn't really worked for me have so. you have you had income from people watching the yeah, show i think i've made about 15 dollars, 20 dollars. yeah 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 which uh, is incredible I'll, i mean i don't get I know, me wrong. i'm yeah. not gonna shit on that that's amazing people <laughs> that, that was the magical nothing, part but... for me like watching like sat stream in real time like, i was like yeah. what this is this is incredible um yeah, yeah i you think remind me i mean i should i should revisit it so yeah, we that. should. Like, I reckon we should just figure that out together because that'll be something fun, even if it's like a hundred yeah, sure. or something. Who cares? Like, it's still no, no. You're right, and it's and it's and it's people like ourselves who are really at the forefront of this revolution in terms of how information is disseminated online in connection with a digitally native currency. Like, this yeah. hasn't happened before, That's so. Right. Let's go. Let's try. Hundred absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and right. as as a as an early stage podcast, I would. You know, I'm 50 episodes in roughly and six to eight months of having a crack and who knows where it might go over the next couple of years. But the the concept of value for value is very interesting. Oh, yeah. And it, it helps highlight the incentive misalignment between like traditional media, which is basically yeah. the advertising model. So what's that mean? Well, you've got people consuming information. The people that create the information in order to get paid have a, have a set of customers that advertise with the information and over time the people paying the bills end up being the most important person in that kind of triumvirate of of stakeholders um so just a small example i have a mate here in australia who used to work for channel nine which is one of the big broadcasting companies here he was an advertising guy he did deal with coles the big supermarket chain and the claim was the news desk was independent to the advertising desk. And so Coles would have their, sorry, not Channel 9 have their 7 o'clock news or whatever. Mm. But if they ran a story saying Coles is underpaying their employees, guess what happens? Coles calls up my friend at Channel 9 and says, why the fuck have you got this shit story about us? Yep, yep, um, yep. Just no way that the news desk operates independently from how they make money it just it's or, absolutely it just is inconceivable that that's not the case or even a, even a closer example to us really so you look at peter mccormick right so he's he's kind of beholden to see so he, he does the what bitcoin did podcast which i love he gets great great people on there and it's he's a really good interviewer he's beholden to a lot of companies because that's his model right so he's 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 not he's not doing the value for value model so he's got BlockFi, which has just gone under Celsius was another one. Like a, a Did list Celsius of... actually sponsor him? Okay. Yeah. So I, I actually signed up to Celsius because of him. And I was like, oh, no this way. is awesome. I can I can mine like over yeah. the other side of the world and not worry about it. And then like my mine was the first. So I was, had a, a miner in uh, Oklahoma and um, they didn't pay the, the power bill. <clears throat> so literally like my place got shut down. No and way. they. They just took everything out. So it's 
what's the saying? Not your racks, not your sats. <laughs> so, so, so I learned, I learned that the hard way. Uh, but I harassed them like from the early days and actually got, I've got the hardware here. So they actually shipped me one uh, oh, a replacement. No so, but I think I'm the only person because I was so vocal. Most people wouldn't bother doing that. Yeah. No. Nah, nah. I mean, to be fair, I had some, um, I had some assets on Celsius. Um, I had some USDC that had recently been some Ethereum um, that I'd owned since 2017 or something. I was, I was testing out the platform, frankly. I was like, well, if this yield thing is actually you know, going to work. Yeah. That means you don't have to ever sell, which means you don't have to any, have, a, have any capital gains tax exposure. Mm-hmm. You can consistently live in debt on your digital assets. Like the, makes sense. the idea yeah. of it makes a hell of a lot of sense. It's very compelling, which is why they, I think they grew to like $20 billion under management at some point. Nuts. If not, if not definitely 10, which is fucking crazy. Like yeah. traditional financial advisory businesses do not grow to $10 billion assets under management in a couple of years. It just is yeah, impossible. Yeah red flag um interesting <laughs> yeah there's there's so much this market isn't there so peter mccormack led you to celsius who've gone under and oh, that, oh, that's oh, you know blockfi blockfi was one blockfi, and the other one big family too was the, um was yeah, celsius I mean, was one and then the um compass was the other one so compass was the mining company sorry um i think i think it's why you just have to be very very clear as you build an audience that you have you know done some due diligence of your own in terms mm-hmm. of who you do business with so in your case amber you know hopefully you've gone and either met them or you've done an interview with them and you've done some time working out who they are what they're doing i'll tell you the the funny story behind that it's so so crazy so and i haven't said this on you i'm just gonna let my dog out just keep going yeah yeah sure sure um so (laughs) the night before uh so my me and my friend Chris, who you, I think you know, is uh, Lung Doge on Twitter. I think we've all tweeted together and, and yeah, gone back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Charles. He's running the, the, uh, the Bitcoin Alive uh, conference coming up next year. Yeah, I it? chatted on the phone, actually. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I haven't very met him awesome. in person yet, but um, very excited for that event as well. Shout out so to we, Bitcoin Alive. Well done, guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm looking forward. We'll all have to meet up there for sure. Yeah. Um, so we had a... a a brainstorm. So I had this idea for a thing called timestamp where basically it's a, a four year learning journey for people. So like you kind of locked into a, um, a cycle and you have to learn like all these like materials along the way. So we had this like whiteboard search, like the whole thing. And then we kind of settled on the idea of like partnering with an exchange and we're kind of going down the list of exchanges together saying, okay. no, 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 we can't trust them. Can't, it's all custodial. We both landed on Amber, so like, all right, well, it has to be Amber, right? Because like, we, we, they they use multi sig, like they kind of ticked all the boxes that um, Bitcoin only, obviously, rah rah rah. And then we're like, yeah, cool, 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 great session. I went off to bed. Woke up the next morning with a tweet DM from Amber. It's <laughs> like what? <laughs> so we literally went to bed talking about them, woke up the next morning. So Andy from Amber tweeted me and was like, do you want to, uh, watching all your stuff online, do you want to work with us and, and do a, a podcast? I'm like, what? This is insane, Divine dude. timing, mate. Talking, like what? The synchronicity was like out of control. So yeah, I did my due d- diligence like before. <laughs> yeah, before they reached out. out. Nice. So well, weird. The fact that they're a Bitcoin only company is a good start. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. 
Um, and and the fact that you can do DCA and and push it straight out to a wallet, like they don't yeah. want you to be like, yeah, because they don't yeah. want to be custodial. Like that's that's, and that was our main point. Like we need someone who has the same mindset mm. um, as us, basically, if we're going to build out like some sort of curriculum with that. So yeah, it was so weird how that came about. But well, and to and to the to to so yeah, so the first point there being at least on behalf of the host, you've done some kind of due diligence on who you're working with or for yeah. as your customer. Yeah on behalf of your user so your audience member um but the second is you have to be very clear like this is risky so whatever you choose to do with your money is your choice that is not yes. my choice as the host of this podcast in whatever form you might be do you know what i mean so that's right um yeah but that, that's that's still that's just about being clear you know for those people listening out there you know do your yeah, own yeah, research yeah. 100%. exactly exactly now I've got some questions for you. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Sorry. So it's taken us 20 minutes to get into what you wanted to talk about, but that's cool. I've got a, got a bit of a format, but I could I could probably chat to you all night. Um, so before we kind of get into everything, I, d- I don't think we got into it in, in the last podcast, but your, your Bitcoin origin story is one. But before we get into that, um, the first time you questioned money, um, like when that was and, and how that was and how that sort of came about, if you remember. Oh, um, I don't remember the first time questioning what money is before Bitcoin. Like, I don't think right. there was ever a time I was like, what is money? Um, I was trained to make money. So, mm. you know, growing up in a family with a family business that, you know, makes beer and runs pubs, Every time you drive past one of our pubs, you know, your dad's going, is the car park full? Is anyone in there? You know, have you made good beer? Is it hot? Are lots of people going to be in the pub garden? You're operating a a large business. And the the point of that is that you're creating cash flow. And obviously, at the end of the year, you want to have saved some of that cash flow and you've earned more than you've cost. Mm-hmm. That's how you make money. I ended up going to do a business management degree. Um at Leeds University Business School, so you know, decent uni in the UK. And we did marketing modules, we did macroeconomics, microeconomics, maths and stats, pretty, pretty general business degree. And I was joking online recently, I don't think Austrian economics was even mentioned nah. as a yeah. as a field. <laughs> and you know, macroeconomics was fairly simple. You know, the central bank was this kind of God-given right in the center of this whole piece, and it was all about how to um, you know how to spike demand with stimulus of government spending and then try not to let inflation run away and disposable income and employment and all these different kind of levers that they can supposedly play with. Um, and that was again, just like, this is how it works, you know, carry on. Yeah. And, and the mindset you need to be honest is like, let's go get smashed and have a good time and try and get, <laughs> you know, I, I needed to get what was called a two one. So you get a first, that's the top grade. And then you get a 2.1 or 2.2. I was like, 2.1 is very, very um, decent result and it gets you into a job. So my aim was only able to get a 2.1 and that's what I did. And so it was a case of like, you know, just get the exam. I didn't I didn't really stop and really engage with that question intellectually. It's like, what is money? Mm. Um, but I mean, this is where Robert Breedlove comes in, to be honest. So 2020 comes along and 4 trillion bucks is, you know, printed out of thin air and, I'd owned some Bitcoin for five years. That Bitcoin was still in the self-custody where I'd left it. I'd sold a bunch of it, but 25% was still there from 2015. The, the the markup was an extraordinary return. You're like, oh my God, what is this stuff? It's the best performing asset I've got in my portfolio by a long way. 
and it just hits you in the face with how important it is. You're like, oh my mm. God, what is this stuff? And you dig down the hole and Michael Saylor, uh, I never forget, watched a YouTube video with him and Raoul Powell. It's called When Corporate America Has Bitcoin Infiltrate. Or something. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or awesome. Bitcoin Infiltrates Corporate America. Yep. And you get two hours of a, you know, an absolutely extraordinarily smart man who has ticked every box in terms of his past behavior in terms of proving successful and, and and backing the right horse. And he talked about something that really intrigued me, which was um, how do I know that the person running my company a hundred years from now has the best opportunity of doing that? I know I'm going to buy Bitcoin. And the mm -hmm. guy had gone and bought $400 million worth of Bitcoin and put it on his <laughs> balance sheet. And it's a stock listed company, the amount of lawyers that could get in the way, accountants that could get in the way, you know, general regulatory issues. I mean, that was, that was the best piece of, due diligence that you could possibly leverage to make a decision of your own yep. and boom down the hole you go and suddenly you're like learning about bitcoin and it's like well actually it's a new form of money okay well, what is money so in yep. answer to your question in a very roundabout way i didn't yeah, ever yeah. ask that question until i started really looking into bitcoin wow so it was together wow so so what year was that 2020 probably yeah probably two years ago yeah two and a wow. half years ago Oh geez, that's like no one no one asks that question. What it's just it's completely um ignored, you know. Mm. Let's just take Australia as an example. Like when you grow, like I've got a two year two and a half year old daughter, and she plays with notes and coins, and there was a monopoly board that you know she got down the other day and started playing around with the monopoly. First it's the dice she's playing with, and then it's the boots and you know, like all those different pieces of the monopoly board, and eventually she lands on the money. She's like, Oh, money. And she started stealing the money and running around the corner trying to hide it in her welly boot. <laughs> and it's this it's this kind of extraordinary thing where you you witness, even from two years old, humans understand the importance of this thing, money. Yeah. But what she doesn't understand is Monopoly is just a made-up game and those notes are completely worthless. Worthless, yeah. Yep. But take yep. that a step further. Well, you take an Aussie dollar, let's say you get paid $100 an hour for your work. Well, that's what you get for your labor. Little do you know that actually that money is just printed out of thin air by someone that controls the narrative. So right. it's never, ever, ever even a question as to whether or not that money is, what is that money? It just, it's God given kind of money. That's how it works. And so in my mind, Bitcoin will create this, this massive awakening where people ask the same questions that you and I have asked to get to this point. We just happen to have been in a position where I was interested in investing because of an inheritance I've received and my yeah. father had died young. Like That may not have happened. I may not have been interested in those things. Or equally, I'd been in technology working in startups and had understood the idea of um, exponential growth or network yeah. effects or you know leveraging other people's due diligence. Like watching Michael Saylor, listening to him speak, I'm like, whatever this guy's doing, he's doing something I need to learn about. And that's something that I picked up, angel investing. Now, you don't necessarily know those kind of things unless you happen to have been in those positions. So it's it's fascinating how there's all these different touch points that bring people to the table. Um, so again, yeah. I've kind of answered your question twice, but in no, long story no, short, I never true. asked the question, "What is money?" until I came across Bitcoin properly. So you, you kind of leave. Even then, I just don't think we're we're just not we're conditioned in such a way that that question is never it's never brought up. And that's what's cool about no. getting into Austrian economics is you know Karl Menger was writing about this 150 years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, this is this conversation that's as old as man. That's right. But we just didn't realize it, or I didn't realize it. So shame on me.
you know, for not realizing it before now. No, man. It's, I mean, so many people are in the same boat. But it, it, what's interesting is you kind of leapfrogged, uh, well, my journey anyway, of like questioning money being backed by gold because everyone sort of assumes like, you know, the Aussie dollar, USD is all backed by gold. And there was a whole point there where like, so for me, it was like 2007. Uh, there was a film came out called Zeitgeist. So I watched that. I was like, oh, holy shit. Money's not backed by anything. Like, it's worthless. And I was kind of obsessed with that and, and looking at solutions. And then I finally came across BTC. Interesting. Um, funnily enough, like researching universal basic income, which ironically, I was like, oh, like in my mind, like naively, I thought, oh, well, the government can just give everyone a minor at the time, like CPU, GPU minors. And then that's a UBI, right? Um, not thinking it's like the complete <laughs> inverse of what they want to do, sort of thing. Whoa. Although, if you look at Bukele, that's kind of what he's doing at the moment with the the miners in um in El Salvador with the the um the, the bonds that they're creating. Well, the bonds, but also like the actually giving money out from the volcano. So mining okay. with the volcano and giving it out to people. So it's kind of what interesting. What, I don't know much about that. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've got got some friends who just just come back from there. It's pretty cool. Um. But yeah, interesting. You've kind of leapfrogged that to like just questioning money straight up, like with with being empowered by BTC. So, it's well, cool. I I, I don't know if it's like a case of questioning it straight up. It's just that the the lens that I had on Bitcoin was different to like the main question I was asking was how do I beat inflation. I wasn't asking what is inflation. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. You know, for 10 years, I'd been investing and I knew there was a hurdle rate. And that hurdle rate was inflation. If you're not beating inflation, you're losing purchasing power year over year. And so I tried a number of different tactics to do that. And, you know, when when that kind of stimulus is announced, and I think something like 40% of US dollars in circulation have been created in the last five years. Mm-hmm. 40%. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So has everyone's salary doubled? No, of course not. <laughs> They might not have even gone up. So that person that hasn't had a salary increase in the last five years has now, they're able to buy half the amount of stuff. So if they don't understand inflation, they're fucked. Like literally fucked. Exactly right. It's an awful thing to say. Like, But then inflation, inflation is transitory. You know, the the messaging (laughs) is all so evil gross ways it's 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 like oh don't look over here no nothing to see here no 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 not a big deal we've got your best interests in heart oh yes the you know the governor of the bank of england he's a great guy have you ever heard about him you know i mean as soon as there was any kind of like hiccup in the pension market this happened three four weeks ago oh look bank of england buying bonds oh where have they come from do you know what i mean it just Mm -hmm. it's mad well Trillions of dollars of debt, like a trillion kind of sounds like a billion, but we're never taught what a trillion actually is, right? So if you look at um, a trillion seconds, you ask someone like, how long is a trillion seconds? People will say, I don't I know, no idea. A, a year, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> God, six what is months, it? 35,000 years. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Right. So Whoa. it puts it in perspective, right? Like, we, but we're never taught that. So it's like, oh yeah, a trillion dollars debt. No, that can never be paid back. Like that's that's it. It's it's done. Yeah. So it's, that that's that's something. Like, and I ask that to a lot of people, and everyone always says, like, oh, maybe two years. 
Yeah, no, a bit longer than that. <laughs> Whoa, that's amazing. Mental. Yeah, it was 35 years, like 35,000. Yeah, yeah. Mental, absolutely Isn't mental. Um, anyway, moving on, because I know you got limited time. <laughs> yeah, so gonna, I've only got now. I just want to make one point. There was a recent article I saw of the Australian Central Bank governor coming out and saying he was sorry to mortgage owners. <laughs> I mean, it's just laughable, right? It is. Anyone that took a mortgage in the last 18 months at rock bottom rates, if they didn't understand why they were able to get such cheap debt, then in some ways, in my opinion, they deserve to just feel the heat. Yeah, They got an opportunity. They took it. The rates are going up. Why are they going up? Because the guy that runs the fucking rate book has decided to put it up. Yeah, And then you get these ridiculous kind of propaganda slant. He's a nice guy. He's sorry. Oh, I never expected to have to do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? So what? You were going to give people lots and lots of money, let them go in debt, and then never charge them any interest whatsoever forever. Yeah. Come on. It's gross, isn't it? Really oh, gross. Yeah. It and starts the, yeah. to really wind me up. Yeah. But yeah. And that's the whole point of this conversation. So anyway, quick. Yeah. We've got 30 minutes or so. Let's go for it. What's yeah, the right, next let's, step? <laughs> let's go through it. Okay. So I end up talking too much. Yeah. yeah no, nah, me too. I'm exactly the same. Um, so on your journey, and this is probably a no for you, I reckon, but have you dabbled in, in shit coins at all? Yep, like 100%. You have. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So, um, and this is, this is something that I think is quite interesting subject. So I'm of the opinion that you can do whatever you want with your money. Mm -hmm. So if you're buying shit coins, that's completely fine. That's up to 100%. you. Yep. Yep. So. That's okay in my book. You do whatever you want. Um, once you understand what Bitcoin really is, you realize that actually there's very few other things that you could possibly own that outcompete it. That's right. Now, there are probably some um, some very specific scenarios in which you could outpace the price action of Bitcoin, which I think is going to be possible. But is that really where you want a large percentage of your portfolio? Probably not, because you're having to take a lot of risk to actually outpace the Bitcoin. That's right. Central yeah. price rise. So just the way that I would look at that is, you know, well, what's the benefits of owning only anything else? Well, very, very difficult to beat the Bitcoin hurdle, right? Okay. Well, then why own anything else? And then there's the whole peace of mind side of things. And there is an ethical discussion around, you know, by promoting Bitcoin, you're promoting something that doesn't have a leader. It's rules without rulers. It hasn't changed for 10 years in terms of how it actually functions. And you can actually own this stuff with a multi-sig vault that no one can ever get off you. You can transport it in your head if you need to. And it's just an extraordinary asset. We're incredibly lucky to be born at a time when it was just starting, like extraordinarily lucky. When it comes to other assets you can own, it's not just shit coins. You could own real estate. You could own classic cars. You could own wine. You could own fucking euros you can have whatever you want but are they going oh, well, to well, outpace the wine's price not so bad i suppose <laughs> no but and that's great right have a seller people people buy wine they store it for many years yeah, that yeah. time is valuable to people because they don't want to sit around storing wine and picking certain vintages that's and all right. that shit they yeah. go and spend three grand on a bottle of wine because it's you know an amazing vintage from 15 years ago great but if i sit on this bottle of wine for the next 15 years is it going to outpace bitcoin no probably way. not no. so it then becomes a case of like well what is a better way of deploying your capital and i think it's just incredibly difficult to beat bitcoin so i guess part of the journey of getting to that realization however included owning many different things so 
I have dabbled in in shit coins, hundred <laughs> percent. The last of them that I will probably ever buy were on Celsius, and Celsius has obviously gone under, so I doubt I will ever get those back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did stupid stuff, like I sent two thousand quid to someone in the UK for an ICO that never happened and never got the money back. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I've just. I, I I messed around basically, you know, the idea of a quick buck, everyone gets sucked in that, that form of greed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, something I think highlights this really nicely though, that for people listening out there, if they're wondering, you know, where should I put my money in and, and what's the right way to think about it? Um, the crypto industry is, is a large one and it includes Bitcoin, but Bitcoin and the rest of the crypto industry are different beasts in the same way that if you were looking to buy an equity, you could be buying an equity in a startup that's a year old. You could be buying equity in a uh, a hospital group that's part of a private equity deal. And that's a 10-year-old company with cash flows and ways of valuing it. Or you could be buying equity in Qantas, a publicly listed company. They're all equities, but they're very different value propositions. Yep. That's the same way you want to think about crypto. So what is Bitcoin? What is Ethereum? What is Solana? They're all different and they have different properties. And as a result, they can be like looked at in a different way. But a, a, a really kind of nefarious incentive model that exists and is possible outside of Bitcoin is the ability to generate a, a protocol to get funds from insiders. And so let's call it Kieran Coin. Kieran Coin, you could create 100 million of them mm-hmm. and you could keep 80 million of them for yourself and you could sell... 10 million of them to a venture capital company that gives you 10 million bucks. And you could then sell the remaining 10 million of those coins to unassuming retail buyers who are anywhere in the world that have access to Binance or to Coinbase. And you could spend $2 million on marketing, which means you could have the best looking product that is going to beat Bitcoin for all these different reasons, whether it's more economical or it's actually going to like outpace it in terms of price. All the while... The person that created it was keeping 80% of the value. Mm-hmm. And then when they think it's going to hit a nice market peak, they drop the whole fucking lot and run for the hills. Yep. To, to augment yep. that, you've got media businesses going back to that. So people like Cointelegraph. I've got a friend who works there as a Bitcoin maxi. He's brilliant. Joe Hall, shout out to Joe. But the the crypto media business is, is paid for by altcoins buy shit coins and if you can print your own coin and you can spend two million on marketing well guess where it goes but it goes to the media businesses that generate the content and so you've got this 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 really perverted incentive to do what the current system does funnily enough which is print their own money give it to their buddies get their buddies to buy everything on behalf of you and make sure that the media companies are telling everyone that what's going on is totally fine and don't worry don't worry don't worry you're going to make money and be happy Yep, uh, and yep. it's it's just basically you just got to dig a little deeper eight lines of code to do that as well so solidity all you have to do is write up eight lines of code you can spin up your own token and then bob's your really uncle, that's yeah it. yep. it's very 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 Nothing. small amount of work isn't it yep yeah. yep ridiculous and that's where someone like yourself with a more technical background to me has such great insights like i don't understand that i just i just know that's the case but i don't understand how it could be done um yeah, it's very helpful to have 
people you can trust who have different skill sets and can analyze things for different reasons. And that's a great example of it. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so yes, the answer is I have owned shit coins <laughs> and I will continue to own shit coins if I take the shit coin definition as any other asset other than Bitcoin. Because mm -hmm. at some stage, I will want to buy a property to live in. At some stage, I will buy a car. At some stage, you know, I might buy a classic car. At some stage, I might buy some fucking wine. Why not? At some <laughs> stage, I'm going to have to go to Europe and use euros. At some stage, I'm going to you know, need to operate in a different setting, which uh, you, you need to own different stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not a buyer of this whole, like, ah, you can't buy shit coins. You can buy whatever you like. Just understand what you're buying. And, you know, I think you'll be happier for it in that sense. Absolutely. I like that answer. That was really cool. Um, so moving on, the topics get off zero. So getting off to zero DCA, do you dollar cost average at all? No. No, you're not. Okay. Interesting. No. Um, and, and the reason for that's very personal in a way. And this is the same for everyone out there. You know, everyone's situation is different, but um, I come at this as more of a capital allocator type discussion so right, uh, right. my father bless his cotton socks he died sadly when i was only 20 years old he was 48 yeah. had a heart attack running our family company it was awful that's awful. um changed my life uh sold the family house that we lived in and so i received money in my 20s from that process which is what i've then spent the last 10 years investing and learning about all this different stuff gotcha. um so okay. trying to protect the value i was given as a result of his untimely death yeah right and um, in my case, right now, I don't generate an income at all, except for a couple grand from my podcast. So I don't necessarily have a monthly paycheck that I am, you know, after I got let the DCA functions brilliantly. If you have a, let's say a salary or a monthly income, and you've got a bunch of costs, you've got to cover those costs, the savings you're taking every month, 50%, bang them in Bitcoin brilliant don't worry about the cost of the bitcoin at the time you're just playing the accumulation game yeah for me it's more a case of okay i own this stuff what percentage of this stuff do i want to have in bitcoin what's a reasonable risk what's an unreasonable risk where do i sit on that scale and once i've decided that it's a case of okay how do i do it so i then have to make large um buy orders basically and no, right. i then have to try and time the market so it's a case of like studying the, the cycles looking at sentiment um you know are we where are we in the feeding fear and greed index um i've got a great friend shout out to jigsy if he ever listens to this but he's a he's a homegrown talent of the highest order in terms of a technical a technical analyst and he's cool. developed a system where he looks at a number of different indicators and when they all converge is generally speaking an excellent time to buy or an excellent time to sell so interesting I'm in constant conversation with him about you know, where do we think is a good place to enter the market? Um, and I mean, to be honest, right now, unbelievable. It's, I was going to say it's now, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bought some Bitcoin just yesterday. So yeah, nice. Um, we, we might see a 50% drawdown from here. You know, where are we? 17,000 bucks. But even if we did in the next three or four months, the upside from there, you know, is 20x rather than 10x whatever that's the right. case might be. So I'm just not fussed by that. And, and the, the thing I think that's really cool to get across is that the money that I'm buying Bitcoin with is never going back into fiat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well, some you... of it might, like at cycle top in two or three years time, let's say we've had a 10X, 
well, I will take some of that value off the table because I need to rent a property for the next four years. I need to yeah. pay the bills for the next four years. Uh, but generally speaking, this is what's slowly happening is the the traditional system is not working because you cannot beat inflation with the traditional asset Absolutely. split of, of 40% bit of 40% bonds, 60% equities. They've been wrecked. They've been absolutely fucking wrecked. And yet I still end up in, in phone calls with wealth management companies back in London helping with um, another set of investments I work on. And they're saying, oh, you can't beat inflation, but we can do 5% or we can do 8%. You're like, well, you can actually. What about yeah. Bitcoin? Oh, you can't do that. Can't do that. Yeah. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's like, okay, so you it's want me to give you mental money, block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't actually outpace inflation. And everyone told me inflation wasn't going to get bad and it got bad. And now you're telling me it's not as bad as it actually is. And it's fine to give the money real. and still lose yeah. it. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not, it's not right for me. This isn't working. I'm out. But the crazy thing is that there's, there's, there's holes in the system. You know, there's value that's actually being taken out and it's going to Bitcoin. And it could be going other places, but it's extraordinary to think over time, that's only going to speed up. And as that speeds up, the printing press is going to speed up. Yeah. So the only way these guys can carry on is printing more money. And when they print more money, it, it speeds up. So the velocity of the speed of deterioration of a system is going to increase. Now, how quickly is this going to happen? We don't know. But the next 10 years, it's going to be absolutely crazy. It's going to be. It's so cool to hear you have so much conviction on the BDC protocol um, without even. You haven't been through a cycle yet. <laughs> like no, well, I have. I have. The. Uh, so in 2015, I bought Bitcoin. Oh, 2015, you bought it. Okay, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So I, in 2015, I made a, a purchase that was a a small percentage of my portfolio at the time. Right, kind of set. And, and yeah, so if I if I gotcha. wind back, so this is now seven years ago. Um, I bought some Bitcoin in 2015, 450 dollars a Bitcoin. My yep. mate in Singapore was like, "Jake, you got to look, look at this Bitcoin stuff. It's really cool." So I started looking at it. Love the idea. At the time, you were still having to decipher like, "What is blockchain?" You know, trying to explain yeah. that to other people, and that was 2015. So I held for maybe that was the 2015 bear market, which was miserable. Held for 12 months, sold some because I made a good gain, and took my uh, then girlfriend, now wife, on holiday to Japan. And then decided to quit oh, my job and we went traveling and I had, you know, I spent more Bitcoin traveling around South America. I actually ended up in Cuba in 2017, June. Oh, wicked. And, or April of 2017 and opened my Coinbase account in Cuba. And because Cuba's under sanctions and Coinbase is an American company, my Coinbase got, uh, got impounded. So I thought my bot, <laughs> I thought my Bitcoin was gone. And that's what drove me to then understand what a Trezor was and move my coins into self-custody after that was Coinbase my next, actually my released next question my... was that exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I learned. So, right. so, so at the end, and then of course the, the, the block size war was happening back in 2017. There was this talk about Bitcoin cash and what was going to happen there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't as close to Bitcoin as I am now, but I was studying it. I had some, and the best way to learn is to own some, just get some skin in the game, get off zero fucking bang yeah, let's get the get title of the podcast in there get off zero guys because it's it's really important way of learning when you have skin in the game like think about when you you go to the horse races and there's 22 horses to choose from they've all got different colors they've all got different names and then there's a horse called jack the fucking lad and you go my money's going on jack the lad suddenly you've got ten dollars on jack the lad jack that's kind of right you couldn't give a toss about this horse 
because you've got money on it, you suddenly can. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so again, 2017 summer block size war. I thought it was all going to end. You're like, Jake, do you know what? You're sitting on a 10x. If I can sell. So I sold at the time what was 75% of what I initially bought. Oh, wow. Right. And then I didn't even think about it until, well, basically everything ran to, it ran to 20,000 a coin. I'm like, oh, shit. And for whatever reason, I didn't sell any more. And then I kind of forgot about it. 2019 yeah, right. slips by, 2020 comes along and then bang, hits you in the face again. You're like, oh, yep. Bitcoin's gone up. You know, it's now 20,000 bucks again. Yeah, yeah. What the hell's going on here? So I, I have done a couple of cycles in that sense, but I wasn't taking it nearly as seriously as I am now. Cycles, yep, but the, yep. the conviction that I have at this stage is undoubtedly augmented by those early phases. So that was what really got me. It was like, hang on. So I've owned this stuff for five years and it's still sitting there and, and it hasn't cost me anything. Like it's cost me yep. nothing to own my Bitcoin and it's still there. You know, running a property portfolio is an absolute fucking pain in the ass. Oh, the shower's broken. Oh, I need to leave my tenancy. Oh, actually, your tenants aren't going to leave ever because there's now a pandemic and the government's going to change the rules and they, you know, they've got a 12 months no break fee. Yeah. All, all you want to do is store your value. You don't, you don't want to run a small business, you know, leasing properties. That's right. So yeah. it just, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's lots to that that I'm commenting about, I guess. But um, yes, my, my, my feeling is pretty simple. Bitcoin completely revolutionizes what is family wealth management and forever there is going to be a change for the average person. And by talking about it, I think we can teach more people and you don't need to own properties. You don't need to own equities. You don't need to own bonds. You don't need to learn any of this shit. You mm -hmm. just need to understand that Bitcoin is a savings tool. And as a savings tool, it's at a very, very early stage. And therefore the adoption rate is very low the potential upgrade in adoption is so high that the price is going to shoot from where it is today into the future because the supply and demand metrics are so strong. Mm -hmm. And as we touched upon at the start, the idea of ownership is forever changed. That's you right. own it. You can't move this stuff without me pressing Even a button. In your head. Yep. Correct. Yep. Exactly right. So, um, yeah, man, it's 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 life changing. So what's what's your hardware wallet of choice? So you mentioned Trezor. Is that is yeah? That I'm using Trezor. Still, you you go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon they're pretty cool. I've got a, I've got pretty much every every device, but I think yeah, well, Trevor's... again, coming from the more technical side of things, you would have checked them all out. But yeah, so I currently have um, an account with Unchained Capital and a multi-sig um, setup with a couple of Trezors in different geographic locations. And actually, cool. in my case, I I employ counterintuitively a, a financial advisor who has one of the keys. And nice. I actually pay 1% of funds under management in a sense for that service. So yeah. when you, when you inherit money or if you make money and you need to make sure others can inherit it from you, you have a problem. What if you get hit by a bus? Yes. How do the people that you want to receive this value receive it? You need to know that it's going to go to the right person. There's not going to be some fucking bitch stepmom that gets in the way or, you know, a pissed <laughs> off sibling or, you know, like people go crazy when there's money and death. Like people go crazy. They're horrible mm -hmm. to each other and they want to yep. steal almost. Um, so you have to be very careful. And in my opinion, the inheritance planning problem is now solved because Bitcoin exists. Yes. So you can employ people to help you navigate that process. And that's what I've chosen to do as well. So that's just an extra layer of security. It's like, okay, 
of the 100% markup from where I see it might going today, I'm going to get 99 and someone else is going to take 1% just to make sure that the 99 goes to the people that need it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's another aspect to that as well, or another perspective, I suppose. So the people that die without having some sort of plan to give it to somebody else, they're essentially taking that BTC out of the network and gifting it to everybody, right? So it's kind of win-win. So if you set it up, awesome. If you don't, everybody else wins at the same time. So yeah, it's yeah, it really it true. does fix that a lot. It's great. <laughs> and that's bit well that's so so what so what you're saying is is by reducing future supply, that's actually of benefit to other holders. To everybody. Yeah. Yes. The whole world. So okay. everybody gains from that. So it's I like mean, even I, if you... I would argue like if you if you if you got hit by a bus tomorrow and you had 10 bitcoins sitting in an account that someone didn't get, like you fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Not necessarily because the hundred grand today that that costs is not. I mean, that's a very significant amount of money, but it's also like what will that will become? I mean, it's just insane. Maybe, so, but also, if you think about it, like at, at the macro, you're essentially helping everyone in El Salvador. So immediately, the price and the value of their BTC goes up in value. Yeah. So all these third world countries that haven't had access to finance before and they've kind of leapfrogged and they now they do yeah that's if cool if you drop it? dead like you're gifted oh, yeah. to all of it it's amazing yeah that's so- true actually so uh, maybe i'm thinking through this in the wrong way um yeah nice so actually that is kind of calming in a way isn't it so if yeah if you were to get hit by a bus and you're you know your 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 kids didn't get what they we're supposed to get well at least there's been a benefit to the rest of the world and actually they could buy bitcoin on that day and they'd still benefit because there's less supply that's right yeah. exactly right it's okay. almost like an altruistic thing to do yeah, cool. <laughs> it's a you can't you can't stuff up really it's i've thought about this long and hard i'm like yeah well, <laughs> if i if i mess it up it's all good um so moving on to i know we haven't got much time so hash rate have you got some hash rate do you understand the the purpose of um, why having a little bit of hash rate is important to protect BTC and yeah, like the the whole mining aspect of things. Have you looked into that at all? Um, yes. So uh, short answer, no, I don't own any, own any mining equipment, don't have any hash rate. I'm not generating any, any coins from mining. Um, am I interested? 100%. So I have a Telegram group that I set up called Bitcoin Mining Australia. Um, that's now a year or so old and there's people oh, cool. talking about bitcoin mining in there all day long um and that's very cool so seeing seeing what's being created and it's only really by digging into bitcoin mining that you understand the scale of this beast mm-hmm. like there's there's so much infrastructure being built around the world that will ultimately protect bitcoin from people trying to attack it and I also think it's a great business opportunity. So right now the mine is under a lot of pressure. There's some big bankruptcies, a lot of hash rates coming offline. But with that, the difficulty adjustment is going to actually kick into life. So it's quite mm-hmm. incredible to watch how it happens. But only by investigating mining do you understand what's going on kind of under the hood. Um, I, I'd throw into the same basket, actually. I, I confess I don't run my own node, although I did try to. Right. And the reason it's quite simple is I just couldn't figure out how to set up my umbral. And then my wife was worrying about EMFs from the Wi-Fi, so we were turning that off at night. And so, right. switching off your mo- uh, switching off your node every day is just it's not a sustainable. That's a no process. go. No. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I I enjoy delving into these sides of Bitcoin because you know until you start picking apart what a node actually is, you don't realize that oh this thing is crazy, right? So I can have every single transaction that's ever happened on this piece of hardware in my you know bedroom for a couple hundred bucks, and that if every single other one in the world got killed, that would still mean the whole thing can run. Exactly. And that's the kind of question. Oh, government's going to kill it. Try. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Try and find every single node, mate. Like you just yeah. couldn't. Um, and that's a really cool part of it. And then the hash rates just—it's just like poof, the, there is some serious infrastructure being built. There um, is, and I think like with the hash rate. So I'm mining here. Uh, so I've got some home miners. Um, oh, what's the name of the company? Apollo. So the Apollo miners. Um, okay. they're they're low low power, low hash rate. So I've got about fourteen terahash here. Um. But just in terms of the learning aspect, so like you said, like you you really learn a lot just from mining and, you know, signing up to a pool, signing up to slush pool, whatever it is, yeah, and then doing all the infrastructure for that, building out, looking at how much power consumption, and then you, you really think about the macro as well. So it's like, cool, I've got this BTC on whatever it is. So I've got this hardware wallet here. What's what's actually protecting that? You get like a visual and an understanding of that just from doing yeah. it. So I'd highly recommend it. I reckon it's, okay. it's really worthwhile. That's on the to do list then. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you some links to some like cheap hardware that you can get and you can run at home. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's people on my cheaper. Telegram group pumping around hardware all day long. And right yeah, now, yeah. the the cost of a miner now is very reasonable. So cheap. Yeah. I exactly. wonder if I could have it set up in my garage in this rental property I'm in. For sure. I haven't had anywhere to put it in the past. So these these little guys like they don't generate that much heat like the like the big ones do, and they actually run a full node as well. So you can be doing both in one. Okay. Um, and they're wireless. So yeah, well, maybe that's a a task for twenty twenty three is to get my head around those those subjects. Um, Absolutely. Also than I, mean, I have so far. Well, you like you'll dig it. Like it's fun. Like you you get into it. And you're like, oh, this is wicked. And yeah. it's akin to like um the podcasting. Like when you see. There's sats coming in for your podcast. It's kind of magical. It's like the same yeah. thing. So instead of just buying it, you've actually created it in a sense. Yeah, so yeah cool. It's definitely worth doing. Okay. Um, so on that note, so you're doing multi-sig, you're doing doing lightning as well. So like what's what's getting off zero lightning? So like what's your experience with lightning? You've obviously doing it for the podcast. Have you used it much at all? Um, I have played around with my moon wallet and I've sent a few transactions here and there. I haven't used it a huge amount, um, but yeah, it's 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 just that whole concept. So so Nick Bartia's book, Laird Money, was an excellent kind of synthesis of the history of money and how it actually has always functioned in layers and why it needed to. You know, the fact is, is you can't necessarily carry gold bullion around in your pocket. It might get stolen off you. You can't split it up enough. So paper money made a lot of sense, but then it's been corrupted over time and fractional reserve banking. And you know that story if you haven't gone down that hole, but um, it's it's just another layer. So this concept of Bitcoin is the base layer and then lightning on top of it is just a very, very interesting way of thinking about how this is going to be built out. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've had a play around with it myself. It's it's incredibly simple to download a moon wallet and incredibly simple to send some sats to your moon wallet and send them to someone else. It's just so fucking easy. Mm-hmm. And there's no middleman. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It's nuts, um, isn't it? And then what's cool is you can start digging into, for example, if you look at uh, Lightning Ventures and if you're interested in early-stage equity deals, you can see the deal flow these guys are generating and the kind of companies that are being built. It's it's quite amazing. So I interviewed... um. 
uh, Mick Marucci from the Geyser Fund a couple of days ago. And what he's doing is really incredible. And you see how like crowdfunding, for example, it is a model that we're used to here in somewhere like Australia or the UK or the US. Um, but the reality is it functions in very specific regulatory domains. And there are projects that are available to purchase on there, whether it's just a case of, you know, a Kickstarter and you're giving someone some cash to buy their first product of a new item, mm. or you're doing equity crowdfunding, or you're doing debt crowdfunding, whatever it might be. Um, if you're in the Philippines, you can't use that platform. If you're in Nigeria, you can't use that platform. And actually suddenly there's 8 billion people in the world. And so with the Geyser fund you can now potentially fund anyone anywhere in the world for no cost for whatever reason you want using the lightning so network cool. and he's trying so to cool. incentivize people to run their own lightning nodes and you know in in theory he can actually make some money helping people do that um so lightning just has an extraordinary potential um and obviously jack Mallers talks a good game and strike is an incredible story but um yeah I, I could probably do a better job of using it myself um but I like researching about it and looking at, you know, well, what is Bitcoin? Okay, so it's a base layer of money. Okay, well, what's going to get built on it? And when you start digging into the entrepreneurship that's happening right now, it's absolutely mad what's going to happen. And as a Bitcoin holder, you share in the upside of all of these people. That's right. This, is, this has never happened before. So, you know, if you wanted to hit the the real, like, you know, outsized gains um so a guy i followed when i was doing some angel investing is called jason calacanis he has a book called angel it's kind of grossly called how to turn 100 grand into 100 million but actually he shows you how to do that in his book which is basically buying very early stage equity positions in silicon valley startups and he hit uber like fucking bang he made 140 million dollars when uber ipo'd from a 100 grand investment absolutely fucking nuts yeah okay Every single equity position that's being built on top of Bitcoin right now has the potential to reach that kind of size. Exactly. Because they're global marketplaces with global products. But the people that own the Bitcoin underneath that can share in the upside, not just the early stage equity investor. And that to me is just a phenomenal like potential value gain. Um and, and really exciting. Yeah, it really is. It really is. There's so much cool stuff being built on top of Lightning as well. Like the my favorite, um, or a few of my favorite apps, Vida.page. I don't know if you've seen that, yep. but basically no, it's- that pitch just recently. I used it the oh, other day. So yeah. cool. So yeah. it's it's built on Strike. So anyone who doesn't know, well, like we're doing tutoring over it at the moment um, with the score of Bitcoin. And basically um, it uses Strike. So on the front end, it can be fiat, like a credit card, straight to- sats given to you on the other end so it just transforms it and gives it it's like a game changer like that that's such a cool app like as soon as i saw i'm like this is like a killer app for the lightning network for sure um that was one stack of news is another one i don't know if you've seen that but it's basically like reddit for for btc essentially um and like upvoted with lightning and it's just like it's so cool because like the other podcast actually the other podcast that you're on bitcoin aggregated um we were doing like a news feed, posting stuff every week. And just recently we thought, well, maybe we should swap <laughs> out to just power it with the stack of news because you can't keep up with it. And there's stuff that's on there is just like so quick and coming through and it's like amazing information all the time. Um, and that's all with the power of lightning. Like there's so many cool things like being built off that. And I think like, and not only that, just like the, the, 
the core applications, it's the monetary aspect as well. So like you'd probably remember doing a transaction years ago where you'd have to wait the 10 minutes and it's like, like, I remember there was a place over in Chadston um, that accepted Chadston's a big shopping center in, in Melbourne here. Um, except of BTC. And this is like early days. I'm like, oh, this is wicked. So I took a bunch of people there and <laughs> every time we'd go, like the look of horror would come over the, like the girl's face at the counter. Like I want to pay in Bitcoin. She like, she didn't know what to do. <laughs> had to get like the manager or whatever. Um, but you'd still be doing the transaction and like, wait, did it go through? I'm like, yeah, see, it's gone to like back and forth. Lightning fixes that immediately. Like you can just do it like at the drop of a hat. So much so that I just bought another well, a second T-shirt, actually, directly from El Salvador. So my friend Chris is over there. I think he's on his way back now. Um, straight to the vendor, like on Twitter, just looked at wow. the different different T-shirts. And I paid the vendor like over Twitter via Lightning for the second time. And Chris picked it up off him whilst he was at yeah. the store. Yeah, so wow. cool. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, like, and that's the future, and right? It's, so and it's think... transactions like that where people go, oh, Bitcoin has no value. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, mate. Yeah, Whatever. sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. buddy. Um, now, I know I, we're probably over time, but um, just one last question. So, yeah, go for getting, it. We'll do one more. Get, getting off zero um, EDU, so getting off zero education, like what's your go-to place for educating yourself? And like, obviously, you're an avid reader, but um, to educate yourself and educate other people, like where do you sort of send them and, and where do you read stuff or watch stuff? Um... Great question. So um, Twitter is like highly addictive and great fun. So that I use predominantly as an educational tool, but sometimes I get angry and whatever. But talk to fact, actually, I don't I don't often get angry on Twitter. What am I talking about? But it's it's <laughs> it's a good it's an incredibly useful tool for collecting information. It is yeah. and finding sources and, and getting extra links and digging into holes elsewhere and just generally testing ideas. Like you can you know, I've been I've been trying a, a new content strategy in the last maybe week or so, and it's unbelievable how you can have twenty different conversations going on at the same time when you're yeah. not even at the computer. Yep. So you can step away from your your desktop or your mobile, for that matter, for six hours, and you can come back. I, I posted a tweet. Um, I sold my real estate for Bitcoin. Ask me anything. It's got two thousand people responded. It's to amazing, it. it's crazy. And you're like, you're you're really good at that, actually. Like I've just been following you. Your, your oh, Twitter stream. You. I appreciate like, it. You're really, well, just in the last week, I've I've really upped it, and and it's the 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 response has been incredible. Yeah, you don't have to be right. You just have to be posing questions and asking and like being curious. And yeah, what people give back is so amazing. People want to talk about Bitcoin all day long. You know, you can post at seven o'clock in the morning and people reply. It's crazy. Um, so Twitter is number one for for information source. Um, and Elon Musk taking over the company is something I just didn't even think I'd ever give a shit about, to be honest. But yeah. it's going to change how the world works, frankly. Um, and specifically, Bitcoin is a, a very anti-authoritarian technology that's going to disrupt central banks and now that there's a large social media company that's going to be open to discussion i don't expect us to get censored in the same way as was happening before and that's very mm. good news so you should be able to find as much information as you want using twitter um i have a website called www.bitcoinwithjake and on there i have a section of listen read and watch which is mm -hmm. a collection of all of the content i've been through to deepen my conviction so it's you know podcasts youtube 
and and books and so you can find everything i've been through there that's fairly in depth i mean that's literally like you know a thousand hours or something now of stuff um otherwise you know there's the really high level kind of things i also have a podcast myself so i'm about 50 episodes in now i talk about people in their personal journeys so i want to know who they are where they were in the world what was interesting about bitcoin because of what they knew before and how has it changed their life and those very high level questions bring out these extraordinary stories over an hour of conversation so i'd also steer people towards my podcast yeah um and yeah just basically just stay curious there's there's so much information out there that you can go and get that is not impossible to find you just have to ask questions and it's there um i guess the the last point to make is just you cannot trust anyone. So the the information <laughs> the you're receiving, the, 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 yeah, like the, the don't trust verify concept within the Bitcoin design is incredibly poignant because I spent my whole life thinking central banks were good. I now don't. Why yeah. is that? Because no one ever told me to ask the question, what is a central bank? You know? So it, it makes you ask a lot of questions. It's actually incredibly unsettling. And there's plenty of my friends that think I've gone completely mad. And <laughs> and that's also very isolating. So that's you know, why yeah. Bitcoin Twitter is so useful in these podcasts because we get to hang out and talk about this stuff when no one can tell us not to. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so so a number of different places, basically. But um, yeah, no, that that's probably a good summary. That's awesome, man. No, well, well done. Like I have to say, you've done, done a great, in such a short time, You've built up like a, a great audience and you're doing like an awesome podcast and yeah, like hats off. Well, well Thanks done. very much, Kieran. Appreciate it. Very, very cool. Um, So where's the best, uh, obviously your website, what's the best place to get in contact with you? Your, uh, Twitter. Probably Twitter. Time. So I'm Jake E.S. Woodhouse um, on Twitter. Beautiful. Yeah, get in touch. I, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone anytime about anything. About Bitcoin specifically. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, actually any subject really, but um uh yeah it, but it always that. comes back to bitcoin doesn't it it does mate i know i sound like a kind of religious zealot yeah, in some yeah, ways, yeah in some ways bitcoin is religious it's i mean yeah that's a whole nother conversation that's a whole podcast i think yeah so. it is mate <laughs> well, uh, thank thanks you very so much, much. And, and keep it up and and a nice one for um going into partnership with with amber and best of luck building out this podcast as well um i'm sure there's uh lots of value that you're delivering to people because of it. So it's a very important question to ask that like get off zero. How did you get there? What were the steps that you went through? And, and we're able to to teach other people. Um, like I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Very happy to stack my hands up and say, yeah, I didn't always get this right, but here's what I think is going right. And people might value that. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks so much. We'll have to catch up in person sometime soon because we're probably the closer than any other podcast I've done with <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to the um to the Bitcoin meetup in Collingwood tomorrow night. If you're around, ah, uh, cool. Tomorrow night, yeah, I might be able to. I'll I'll see how we go, but I'll sure. uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Um, actually, you should join. We do we do like a tribrid um once a month thing online as well. So okay. between Melbourne, Sydney, and Queensland. It's it's uh like a spaces or three three physical spaces one VR space so using yep. Mozilla hubs as well and then Zoom on top of that as well so I, I'll, oh, cool. I'll send you the link to that so okay yeah, more than welcome to join but we'll keep um, it up Kieran thanks for having me on thanks buddy we'll talk soon cheers adios.